go button. There we are. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Best of Five. My name is Elon, and I am here joined with Mr. Steve Ace King Officer Jurek, and finally, the grand return of Mr. Michael Donkashiller. How are you, fellas? It's very strange. I've got no one to my left or right. It's kind of nice. Yeah. And we got audio fixes. Hopefully it stays this way. Uh, But tonight on the show, we're going to have ourselves a good old recap. We're going to talk about Pakistan packing the heat. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There you go. Go ahead. More like packing the sweet with honey, right? Yeah, yeah, you got me. (laughs) Yeah, He went up me. Uh, (laughs) We got the combat pack. They finally showed a bunch of stuff. And they didn't show a couple of things. We're going to talk about how I was right last week and how amazing of a fucking detective I am. Because damn straight. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some people doing some bad shit and not getting reprimanded for it. And a bunch of other things that we shouldn't be talking about anymore, but we will be because that's what's happening. But before we do that, Steve, you want to do your thing with the recap? Well, before we do that, I got to do something else. Oh, um, no. What are we doing? Uh, you know, I I am a complicated man. Uh-oh. Um, I, I, I That's love, what I've always said. <laughs> I love fighting games, but I have interests beyond fighting games. Um, and I know I've, I've been trying to get into a habit of using a different stage every week as my backdrop. Uh, this week, I got to do something a little different. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, oh, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I went the wrong way. Just flashed herself in and out. Bam! There we go. Oh. Wait. Okay. So, wait. Hold on. I'm gonna have to. I don't get it. I didn't. I didn't even know this was. Hold on a second. I'm chat. We're, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Oh, I can move the image there. See, I can shrink it a little bit, make it a little better there. So. Minnesota United is in the U.S. Open Cup final tonight against Atlanta United. Come on, you loons! <laughs> Come on, you loons! <laughs> Man, there I, we go. <laughs> I had no idea that Minnesota had an FC team. Yeah, it, it, well, Austin's getting one too. Kind of shady. Yeah, we are. But but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. That's not until like two years from now. <laughs> yeah, if that. So. Um, but there were fighting games this weekend. Oh, were there? Uh, there were a couple things. Uh, it started actually last Tuesday, just after we went off the air. Uh, Dead or Alive held the top eight of its West Coast, uh, or its North America West online event. And that went the way of Mr. Quiggle, who was uh, the top player among the entered. Uh, so big, big gain for him in the standings uh if you'll remember the top five in the north america standings at the end of the season qualify for the world championship um it's big weekend coming up for doa as well and we'll get into that later um this past weekend was also the kickoff of the red bull conquest series season two uh for 2019 a slightly different lineup, Tekken 7 and Street Fighter V returning, uh, Underknife in birth coming into the lineup. And hopefully these are the only two Atlanta wins I have to talk about tonight. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Anakin getting the win, uh, representing the ATL in Tekken 7, picking up some dojo points as well, because all uh, conquest events are going to be dojo events on the Tekken World Tour this year. Um, Terrence getting the win in Street Fighter V. Hotashi holding it down for the home state uh, in Unist. So those three will make up Team Orlando in the finals. Uh, that conquest picks up again late next month uh, with events in both Chicago and Philadelphia. Man, I'm so happy Red Bull's back. I, I kind of like what they do. Did Were you able to go to any of the conquest events last year? So I don't think I went last year, but I remember... The first one that they had, uh, I remember I went and I somehow managed to scrub my way into Street Fighter Top Eight, uh, and then, and then I started going to the ones in Houston, like when they, like the second year that they had it, uh, and I somehow managed to scrub my way into thirteenth a couple of times. So okay, get that top sixteen. Um, I got some points. Yeah, <laughs> get them points. I was uh, I wasn't able to enter anything because I didn't go till late, but. Uh, I was able to go to the St. Paul event last year and you know, they, that was a lot of fun. It was good seeing it out and Red Bull, they, they had it in a really cool venue. Uh, they had it in the, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's basically like where all the trains come in. So it's this huge hallway that was massive open space. It was a really unique, uh, venue for a tournament like this. Oh, that's awesome. It was really, really cool. Yeah, I think uh, I had the option. They seem to hand it off to, to Union TOs. Depot. Yes. Wait, go they ahead, seem Mike. to hand it off to TOs just kind of across in the, in the cities they do it and let the TOs, you know, with whatever budget they give them, handle the event. And it's worked out pretty well so far. They, they do it so drastically differently each year. I mean, it went from like a Street Fighter 3v3 tournament to a multi game 3v3 weird event. So they're trying they're, new things. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely. They're definitely not afraid of experimenting with the format. Um, I really, really like um, the regional format. It, it felt like more of it got me more invested. You know, seeing Mojo representing uh, the Minnesota t- squad, even though his two teammates were from Chicago, because you know, <laughs> Chicago came in, rolled hard, and did their thing. But yeah, that's neither here nor there. That's the past. We're all about the future. Yeah, the future. And hopefully my future is not going 0-2 in Unist. I know mine is. I'm my, my, well, mine is, but <laughs> I, I'm just going to pretend that it won't be. Um, <laughs> if you're a Smash fan, your eyes were probably on Shine this past weekend. Uh, big, big event in the Smash scene. Sam Sora, the big story, getting the win over MK Leo in uh, Ultimate Singles. Hungry Box getting the win in uh, melee singles, taking it over uh, the best fucking player in the world. Don't you forget it? Who finished fifth? Uh, <laughs> uh, it was also part of the Brawl Hall series. Wrench getting the win for the singles. Uh, Boomy and Sandstorm getting the doubles win. So congratulations to everyone uh, listed there. Uh, Before we move on, I was just yeah. I mean, like this was this was cool to me because Sam Sora has lost to Leo somewhere around the records around zero to ten before this tournament happened. So seeing that someone can actually kind of overcome that was nice because it's usually a very very consistent game. So it showed that doing your homework meant something. Speaking of consistent, Kwanzai 
has subscribed for 21 months now. And NDO 103 is at 20 months. So thank you both. So the cool thing now is I hear the alerts, and I think the stream does too. Yay. Uh, But yeah, thank you, fellas, for subscribing. Dang, 20 and 21 months, respectively. It's fucking dope. Thanks for being here. It's scary that we've been, you know, at this level for almost two years. (laughs) Which is kind of... Well, we're, we've been at a level for the last two years. <laughs> I feel like we've been at several levels <laughs> the past <laughs> couple years. Oh, man. Uh, of, but, of all the levels we've been at, this is one of them. It sure is. <laughs> uh, but also, is this the first time that Leo has lost? Or has he, he lost He's lost various times. They, they Usually, the winner has been within a select group of about four to five players. He's lost several times, but since Joker, his current main came out, he's been extremely dominant. And I believe this is the first time he's lost to Sam Sora specifically. Okay. Uh, and it's the first time Sam Sora's won a, a major tournament. So it's it's a new it's 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 a new event in their scene. Yeah, because I remember too, like when Smash Four came out, sure. Zero had that like super impressive like undefeated 67? tournament streak. How was much? It 67? I think it was. There's been no zero level dominance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I do find it interesting that, like, in both games, there's been, like, one person who's stuck out from the bunch. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. I'm just noticing it. But either way. I think, I think it's not bad. I think it all depends on the game. I mean, of course, it, it's gone both ways in the scene, right? We yeah. had Street Fighter V sucks because it's a different winner every time. In early Tekken 7. That was bad because JDCR and Saint got top two at every tournament. Yep. And I think you want some sort of mixture of like a really strong player for people to beat and people who can actually beat that player. And I think Smash kind of has that right now. I mm-hmm. think Tekken has that right now. I think most games have that right now. So, yeah. so most of them have been really fun to watch lately. Yeah. Ah, it's, it's, a, it's a good time to be a fighting game fan, I think. Uh, what else did we have? in the fighting game realm uh speaking of realms uh mortal Kombat 11 there thank you for that uh seg uh it was not a uh, part of the pro competition but rather the intercontinental combat the european circuit uh for mortal Kombat uh had its online event for the middle east and that was won by tekken master who took it over his teammate shark deep uh, so Tekken Master gets the qualifying spot for the international comp or intercontinental combat. Excuse me. Uh, that will take place at DreamHack Winter, and the winner of that gets to go to the MK Global Finals, uh, aka Final Combat 2020, Ooh. which sounds like a movie from 1983. <laughs> really does. <laughs> uh. We did not have a Capcom Pro Tour event this past weekend. We were supposed to. Uh, but if you'll recall, earlier this month, uh, the event that took place this weekend, uh, Esports Festival Hong Kong, there have been protests throughout Hong Kong, uh, anti-government protests uh, that have taken place on the streets, at airports. Uh, Capcom stated that due to... Uh, the potential of of issues happening they withdrew that uh support for the tournament it still went on and that was won by gamery who took it over hot dog 29 uh so he gets you know a nice little chunk of change 
20,000 Hong Kong dollars, but unfortunately, no Capcom Pro Tour points for him. Yeah. Also, did you guys see that trophy? That trophy looked very impressive. That is That was a big, big trophy. Let me see if I can pull it up. Yeah, and while you're doing that, I'm going to thank Sagem for giving us a very hefty host. Thank you, Sagem, and hello, people of the Sagem world. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, we'll clap it up. Clapping we'll clap for Sagem, I guess. Clap it up for Sagem. Uh, and, and his followers. Yeah, so or for not. those of you that don't know us, we're best of five, uh, currently three. <laughs> and we do uh, talk show shenanigans that you're about to watch. So stick with us, and we hope you're entertained enough to stick around. Steve, you got that thing up? Because I think that's all I can say that's nice to the new people. Uh, <laughs> Take that if I know. can get it over. <laughs> oh, that's OBS. Oh, yeah, let me hide, hide, hide. <laughs> okay. There we go. I, 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 it, there we it's, are. It's a learning process to get to the changeover. I don't have a cool transition. Uh, <laughs> because I'm actually set up for a stream for tomorrow, actually. I'm going to be streaming... Uh, myself making some schedules yeah. for this week so tomorrow yeah so if you've ever wondered how steve does what he does you now too can figure that out by tuning in and it's always in a fireman's outfit as well it is in a I fireman's outfit at first but but very nice after a while oh absolutely especially like the toned rock hard abs i'm a big fan we do <laughs> do we have that graphic by the way i definitely want you to put that up somewhere <laughs> I, it will be the countdown graphic okay great i promise you that <laughs> great uh uh, but the big story uh this weekend came out of fv cup this was the tekken world tour event for the week it was a challenger event and it was the first real event that we saw huge presence from pakistan of course with arzal nash winning uh evo evo japan uh everyone was kind of thinking okay is pakistan really this place where all these hidden killers are are lying well we found one potential player uh, making their big splash on the international stage Owyas honey got the win taking it over knee in the grand finals came up through the losers bracket won 3-0 and 3-2 to take the tournament ending it with a perfect wow so Owyas honey it was his first ever uh tekken world tour event first real uh tekken event outside of middle east or uh south asia for him you know and i was ready to say last week you know when these players get sponsored you know learning to win at a tournament is a process it's a separate skill set where you know sometimes you just don't perform to that level so don't be surprised if he you know doesn't hit the ground running but Absolutely uh, puts me to shame. Uh, is getting the win first time of asking. So, and it was actually a very strong performance overall for Pakistan. Uh, they had five players come out. Uh, Khan making top four as well. Bilal making top eight. Uh, Darkway was there uh, making top sixteen. And most of these guys, when they went out, they went out to other Korean players or, excuse me, to other uh, Pakistani players. Like, I pretty much, they only lost to each other in loser's bracket or something like in that. Lo- yeah, in loser's bracket, yes. A lot of them uh, did start. Everyone who made top eight was on the loser's side. But, you know, once the nerves got out of them, they were just impressive as a unit. So, 
dang. But, but yeah, it, it proves uh, something that didn't need to be proven. I guess it's like we've we've talked. It, it's gone from one stage to another. It's oh, you know, Arzel Nash is really good. He won Evo Japan. To oh, like he might be like the best, or at least one of the best. And then Arzel Nash says that there's players better than him in Pakistan, and we're like, oh, I'm sure they're really good, but are they really that good? Okay, apparently, yes, for sure they are. They've proved everything. There's really nothing left to prove. Pakistan is one of the premier places to play Tekken. Yeah, and did you see no did you see the uh the little exchange that they had uh that all of like the Pakistani players had with me uh on Twitter. Uh I I briefly get I wish I would have saved it. Uh Ni posted a very long post in Korean and what Google Translate could get to me was like it felt like he was down on himself for losing. Uh but like it it looked like the entirety of the Pakistani scene like invited me to come play. And, like, to come train and to get better. So, like, it really shows, like, how welcoming everybody is and how amazing they are as people, too. So, I think that's something Ab- worth pointing, at, pointing out. A- absolutely. Uh, you know, there's the, uh, so many of those players, It, it they want the respect. You know, they're not about, you know, you, you see this, you saw it in Twitch chat. And, you know, a lot of Korean players were... A lot of Korean fans were getting into it. A lot of Pakistani fans were getting into it, which is unfortunate. But the players themselves, they were, they're really big fans of me. They're really big fans of all of these top players you see. And, and they want the experience of playing against these players because you're seeing right now, you give them the opportunity. They are fully ready to take advantage of it. And uh, speaking of that little bit of news that broke earlier today uh let me see can you switch to my full screen i got you oh there we go so uh genuine gaming who is the team that signed a wise honey also signed a teeth uh they announced that this morning so mm. a teeth is another one of those names that gets kind of thrown around as one of the top players in pakistan We've seen what a Sunny can do. We've seen what uh, Arslan Ash obviously can do. So I, I mentioned this. There, if, if you're a sponsor, this is a golden opportunity to get players who could really, really make a global impact on the scene. So hopefully we get to see Atif uh, and uh, Oias Honey and Arslan Ash and all these other players uh, at more events. Because the big thing right now is there's not a whole lot of time left in uh, the Tekken World Tour. Mm. If we can actually kick it over to the standings. Oh, I got you. I got you. Thank you. I got you. Oh, no. I was unprepared. No segues. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, that was a segue. But, yes, there we go. <laughs> and I, I, I would like to apologize to Genuine Gaming. Uh, I have them listed twice here as Generous Gaming. <laughs> And I'm sure they're very generous. I mean, they are generous. See, see, it's it's tough because you have generous gaming, and then you also have Get Gosu, and they both use GG. Mm -hmm. And they both sponsor players with very long names. So I have to spell out the sponsor names, and it's doing a number on my uh, display, as you can see. But if you look at the cutoff right now, which is saying it, 351, and that number is surely going to grow uh, as we get closer and closer uh, to the end of the season. 
with this new format, you don't necessarily have to go to every event, but you have to go to a variety of events. So you have to go to a couple masters. You have to go through um, some some um, dojo events. You have to go t- to some challengers. And I know that uh, I I forget if it's the end of next month. Uh, there is going to be a massive dojo event in Pakistan. I believe they're already at 150 players. Damn. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, they definitely have to. If, if your goal is to make the the TWT finals and not have to rely on winning that last chance qualifier, you have to go to at least a few events in each category to really maximize your scores. Damn. Yeah, that's it, man. It's crazy, right? Because, like, now that... I think, I think I've alluded to the Civilization video game reference before where it's, like, you thought, like, you, you had reached a specific level where nobody was going to get to, and then all of a sudden you meet somebody who is not ingrained in the tournament scene or in the international tournament scene as much, and all of a sudden the table's flipped. Fucking crazy. Yeah, that's that's the beautiful part about this is that you simply don't know. You, you know, it, there is this old standard where it was Japan and Korea, mm-hmm. and then it was the U.S. and Europe fighting over t- table scraps, and then pretty much everybody else. Yep. Now you're seeing not just with Pakistan, but with Abeldo Maestro and Sapito uh, and all those other pro- players from Peru. You're seeing. Um, I know France is usually isn't necessarily considered an out there country, but the things that uh, super Kuma is doing mm-hmm. book and how impressive he is. Uh, you had two Indian players uh, make top 32 in love need and Tejan this past weekend. So this is really a ch- And next month is uh Cape down, Cape down showdown in Africa and an African player actually eliminated Jimmy J uh, in from Evo this year wow so it it's no longer just okay you're on the east coast west coast tokyo seoul or you're nothing no you have the opportunity there if you can just get get a chance to play you have the opportunity to learn from everybody in the world with all of these tools at your disposal and you have the opportunity to prove them prove yourself and so many players are getting the chance to prove themselves with this new format. And I absolutely love it. And I think, uh, you know, being a new player has its own advantages. And we're finally, like, Tekken is one of these times where we're really seeing, like, the outside of the game or the quote-unquote meta game really evolve. The fact of the matter is, a lot of these Pakistani players don't have a lot of footage on them. Whereas most of the top Koreans have tons and tons. And we're actually seeing players come out and say, yeah, you know, I, I've watched this guy a thousand times. I know what he does in this mix-up scenario. And a lot of them can't do that back. And it, it's created this fascinating dynamic where, where players from other countries are able to use that to their advantage and, you know, topple these kings that we've had forever. Um, I remember in Street Fighter the other week, we saw we saw some clips of Japanese players, you know, noting that they knew other players were doing Oki every single time they did this knockdown and doing very specific risky counters to beat it just based on the knowledge that they knew they'd go for this Oki setup every time. And that's where the future of games is. And that's, uh, I love seeing it. But that's making me watch Tekken. But that said, you know, it's not just that these players are surprising anybody. Cause I mean, no, it's not just that. Yeah, yeah. You, they're, they're great. You they're great look players. at 
what Arslan Ash did to me in the grand final. And he wasn't doing anything that was absolutely shocking. It was just an immense, impenetrable wall of defense and safe pressure that Knee just could not figure out. He he forced Knee to change his game up. Think about that. You have Knee so shook that arguably the greatest Tekken 7 player over the last two years. You have him so shook that he's second-guessing himself and how he approaches the match. You can't do that with just, you know, a couple of surprises up your sleeve. You do that by being a really fucking good player. Arslan yeah. is a no, really certainly. fucking good player. And we may see yet that guys like Atif, guys like a wise honey could be in that category as well. And I'm excited to see it. it even if it doesn't play out exactly like that, I'm excited to see if it does. Well, and even now that they get the chance to travel, like they're just going to learn more. Like, yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's scary in a good way. It's terrifying like, in a good way. You almost wonder like, what the advantages are of playing in such an insular scene, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, these guys have played each other so long, and they all got so good, and all of their matches are versus these high-level players. Uh, they, they, it's obviously worked for them. So, very yeah. cool. Imagine, imagine this. Imagine if Lapchi decided to do a, a redemption arc and say, okay, we're doing a Tekken 7 Canada Cup 5v5. We're doing U.S., Canada, because obviously Canada, Pakistan, Peru, Japan, Korea, France, Italy. Who says no to that? This is definitely the game to do that sort of thing. Sometimes I think 5v5s get way overplayed, but the way like Tekken has become such an international game, yeah, I think this is the one to do it. Someone's going to do it, so yeah. it has to happen. Man, I can't remember if – I'm pretty sure it was in this show – that I talked about having a Tekken World Cup. I feel like that'd be pretty dope. Although, like, logistically, a fucking nightmare. Still pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, also, I did have a question. Is the event in Africa the first FG, like major FGC event that's happening in Africa? It's the first net, It's the first of these major fighting game tours to take place in Africa. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they've got their own scene. They've got their own uh, players. I know that there was a big event in i forget which country it was but for uh infinite a while back uh but yeah so this is the for a lot of people this is going to be the first time for a global global spotlight on these scenes which i'm really excited for just for that aspect alone yeah that's pretty badass it's pretty badass we're taking steps forward to uniting the world or something i don't know um speaking of steps forward steve can you tell? Can you grace us with your knowledge of the future? Um, there are a few events to choose from this week if you want to watch some fighting game action. Uh, Thursday is the kickoff of season two of the U.S. Street Fighter League. Uh, the draft will take place. Or it, it will take place. It it hasn't already happened yet, but it will take place on Thursday. Um, and then if you're looking at the big uh, fighting game tours, there's two big ones you want to check out. Summer Jam and Celtic Throwdown. Summer Jam is going to be a master event for the Tekken World Tour, as well as a fatal match for the Dead or Alive 6 World Championship. So the winner of that automatically qualifies. Uh, 
Celtic Throwdown is going to be a CPT premiere. Uh, it's also a premiere on M Mortal Kombat 11's Pro Competition Circuit, and it is part of the Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour. Uh, you also have a couple of events elsewhere. Never give up in Chile. Uh, that is part of the CPT. And Melbourne Esports Open will be the host of another uh, Tenkaichi event on the Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour this weekend. Hell yeah! Hey, was was there something that weird that happened with Celtic Throwdown last year, two years ago, involving CPT? Or am I making that up? I think that was the one that was streamed really badly. Oh, that could have been. I don't, or maybe, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but there is something I want to hit on. So you mentioned that the SFL draft is happening this Thursday. Now, we went over this a little bit last week, wherein I showcased some evidence of what I thought was happening. And I think my theory is all but cemented in reality. So I am a great detective. I'm going to pat myself on the back. Thank you, me. Now... I can further prove that some shenanigans took place. And by shenanigans, I mean it's looking more and more like Arturo went instead of Amezi, right? Now, why is this a problem? First, we're not not even going to mention the voting ending early because that's – like we've mentioned that already. It's fine. But the fact that they were going by the data – they specifically, when that happened, they said, we're going by the data we have. And that was – their uh their stance is that the data that they have at the end of the early or at the end of the voting whether early or not is what they were going by now the whole guilty situation took place guilty gets removed from sfl in the standings emezi was listed in fifth like either just above or just below six thousand votes arturo was behind him by a couple hundred votes in sixth it's looking like Arturo went instead of Amezi. Why this is a big issue is, what the fuck was the point of having all this voting shenanigans if that's how they're going to do the backup? Right? Am I am I wrong in having that opinion? I think I, I, that's the most logical backup thing. I mean, there's no there was no written rule on how they would pick someone in the case of someone being forced to back out. So, I mean, they can use that as why they did this all they want. I feel like fairly it probably should have been a mezzi. I, I, don't, I don't see what their excuse for this other than Arturo's the better player um, and a more known name. And I, I, that doesn't really fly with me, but what are you going to do? They already filmed the whole thing. Yeah, it's already done. So we'll get to watch... One week's worth of work for the next couple of months. Uh, but the thing that the thing that kind of makes me slightly upset is, like, it's not just about, like, Emezi getting screwed. Because it does feel like he got screwed, right? And you can, you can argue, like, Arturo is going to bring in viewers. Arturo is going to be a better player, blah, blah, blah. Emezi got to that specific point in the voting because of, you know, things that he's done. Like, his campaign to get there uh, among his... I'm going to say successful YouTube channel, right? Which is where like most of, uh, most of, I'm assuming most of those votes came from. So it, I, I'm not finding the logic and it does feel like extremely, extremely unfair for that to have happened. It's go ahead. 
like I said this before, it un, it's understandable if the decision is made in a vacuum where okay, where they just draw two names out of a hat. It's Mezzi and it's Arturo. And those are the, you have to pick one from those two. I absolutely understand picking Arturo. But again, you have four players were picked by this one metric. And if one of them leaves, the most logical thing to do would be to use that same metric. If you, if you go outside of that, especially if you're skipping someone who is not necessarily an established name within the FGC to get to someone who is an established name with the FGC, it's going to leave a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. Now, I don't have anything against Arturo for this. You know, he absolutely wanted to go. That's why he campaigned. You know, he put in work for it. So I, I don't have any issue with if, it, if it's offered to him. I, I just personally would prefer to see, especially since this a format like this is a great way to get new names out there. And as far as tournament scene goes, as far as actually playing the game goes, we haven't really seen a Mezzi play. Not, not you know, not real sets against against top-level players. So I, I would have been interested in that aspect. Yeah, and I mean, it's not... Look, yeah, none of this is on art. Like, if I were in Arturo's shoes and that, had, that would have happened to me, I would have absolutely fucking gone. Like, with, without a fucking doubt. Uh, so it's not on art. It's on, like, the really bizarre decision-making that's coming from the top down at Capcom, right? Because, and this is a conversation that's been had before that I don't know if it's, like, necessarily a conversation that's still happening. But, like, to me, it feels like it's top player privilege almost. Like, maybe that's a bad, like, term to be throwing around. But that's exactly what it feels like, right? I'm sure. Well, I mean, the the thing that bothers me, I guess, is that uh, I... Amezi claimed on Twitter that he wasn't really notified of any of this either. It just kind of showed up that he wasn't invited. And Capcom, I don't think, has said anything either. So, yeah, I mean, it was just a decision they made in the scenario. Now, if I had to guess, I'm assuming the decision to kick Guilty off has been made for a couple weeks, mm-hmm. at least. Probably before it all became public. Um and with that said, I have no idea. There's no transparency as to what they did to decide on the backup in the first place. Um, does it matter that much as far as what happened in Street Fighter League? Probably not. Neither of these were going to be extremely key role players as far as the results went. What it matters is why this happened in the first place and why Capcom continues to be extremely Mm non-transparent with all these issues, especially in one that seems so black and white like this. Because, I mean, it's not like we're sitting here and saying, oh, like, this must have happened this way, fuck Capcom. It's like, no, we've heard from Amezi at this point, and he says he wasn't reached out to at all. They clearly just did this of their own accord. I wish they would say something. Yeah. No, and, like... Whatever. And it was... If I recall, we were looking at the my conspiracy theories I revealed last Tuesday. So it was like maybe a couple of days after they had officially announced that Guilty was no longer in SFL. Right. So like you said, like that decision it was probably made weeks and weeks ago. Uh, with that said, though, yeah, it's like 
tra- yeah, the transparency thing I think is just like what's killing everybody, right? Because like they could even give a justification that we can find wrong, but I think it'll be a lot more satisfying than just having like this weird aura of like everybody thinking Capcom made the bad decision and Capcom not. They could come up. They could be like, "Oh, we we didn't have time to get a visa cleared. Like we're sorry." You know, a visa out of it. Chicago. Is that where Mezzi's from? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, someone was saying a visa in the chat. So yeah, never mind that. I don't know. There's no fucking excuse then. Someone maybe said visa maybe in the he chat. needed a visa card to get a car rental. I don't. I have no. Someone just yeah. So yeah, I have no mm-hmm. idea then. They don't even have an excuse I can think of. Yeah, like it's it's weird. It's weird. I was gonna show you all the tweets I saw of people on there, but whatever. You get the point. Arturo went. It's clear as day. And if you don't believe me. If you go on his Twitter, the last couple of tweets he's tweeted about Maturino, it's his phone on very low battery. And if you've ever been on a production, all you get to do when there's downtime is be on your phone. So check that shit out if you don't believe me. I was right before I'm right now. Uh, speaking of – go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say, you know, you, you talk about not being a role player, so not being a big, uh, big deal. We had no, I'm a guy. It was a big deal. It just won't make a big difference in the results. But yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, what I was going to say is we had a guy who won one match the entire set walk out of there with ten thousand dollars. Right, in exactly. One. So <laughs> you, you know, it, it it sucks to miss out on that opportunity. It does. It definitely does. And it sucks. I mean, honestly, it sucks for these. Both of these guys have pretty large, you know, YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. And pretty large followings. And for whichever one made it, this was going to be a boon to their, you know, at least secondary income, if not primary income. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they made a decision that affected multiple people. And Amezi, despite, like, never having showed up in a Street Fighter stream in his life, was the fifth place vote getter in all of this. And had Guilty initially not been in the tournament or in the voting, probably would have made it in of his own accord. So, obviously, there was a group of people who wanted to see him do this. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I feel like that could have been very beneficial to Capcom as well, right? Like getting a bunch of new eyes on like a on this scene, right? Cuz I can only assume that like the his following is maybe a little less familiar with the FGC. Uh right. that's a really big assumption on my part. Uh I, I I don't think that's an unfair assumption to make. Yeah, and I had another point, but I think it's currently escaping my brain. It's okay. We could can we t- we can talk about the other Capcom uh, decision this week? If oh you want. boy, yeah. And I, again, I threw around <laughs> top. I threw around top player privilege, but I don't think I'm wrong in saying that. Uh, here, uh, you want to tee it off, Steve? Uh, sure. So, a uh, couple weeks ago, th- this has been an issue that's been sort of floating on the edges of the scene for a couple weeks. Uh, Chris T and uh, Brent is cool or accused of making threats to a player. Um, the start of this was uh, there were screenshots of a group chat that got posted online uh, that were talking about, uh, I believe it was the women in the FGC panel. It wasn't necessarily painting them in a public, in a great light. Uh, so, so someone tweeted, uh, tweeted those screenshots and said it was wild. Chris T responded and said, quote, it wasn't wild at all, but definitely a bitch-ass MF posting pics of private chat and acting up. He won't ever show up IRL, though. He knows what'll happen, end quote. 
A lot of people took that to be a threat towards the person. Uh, There was also uh, some activity on Brent. I couldn't get the exact quote, so I don't want to misquote him on that. But uh, Capcom finally got around to responding to those allegations, and their response is as follows. Quote, we have been made aware of comments made by Chris T and Brenda's cool on social media that some have interpreted as threats of physical violence. Capcom is not in a position to determine what was intended by these comments. However, we reiterate that any such threats would violate the Street Fighter Code of Conduct and will not be tolerated in our community. End quote. Now, before you go on... I refuse to believe this was written by a lawyer. This was written by someone who, like, wanted to sound like a lawyer. Yeah, and... I I don't know. Hey, Hey, Silver, thank you for the subscription. Appreciate it. I'm going to punch my microphone. Now, I wish I had the ability to switch the camera faster because the look on Donka's face as Steve was reading that was fucking priceless. And I think the reason why it was priceless because I think I had the exact same look on my face as well. What the fuck? Well, just like some of the phrases like that some have interpreted as physical violence. Like, what, what does that add to the statement? Th- it's like threats it, it, of physical violence. I, I don't know, man. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and I think this is all I'm going to say on this. If I were the person posting that and Capcom saw it, I'm like 80% sure I would be banned from tournaments by Capcom and by TOs. I agree. So... My, my issue is this. You know, Capcom has made a big deal about you know, this code of conduct and having zero tolerance towards, you know, towards threats of violence or anything like that. If you're going to be zero tolerance, you you, you can't have it both ways. You can't, if you look at this and, and say it's not a threat, I would disagree with you, but I would at least understand where you're coming from. But that's not what Capcom did. Capcom said, you know, we looked at it, we, we have the power to determine if it's in violation of our code of conduct, but we're not in a position to determine if this violated our code of conduct, Jesus fucking which raises the question, who is, first of all? Second of all, if, if, if you're going to make a line in the stand, you've got to stick with it. You know, it, it, it's not so much that Capcom has said that this is bad. They've said that they'll have zero tolerance for this. And in their first test of this zero tolerance policy, they've decided, okay, we've got a little bit of tolerance. As long as it's vague, we've got tolerance for it. So that's going to undermine anything they do going forward. I'm just worried about, you know, what happens in your situation. Like if it's a lesser, if the next post like that is made by a lesser known player. If you if they come up with the same response, then everyone's going to see that the decision has no teeth. If they come up with a strong response and say, "Okay, you're actually banned for 60, 90 days, whatever, rest of the year, whatever. The response is going to be, "Okay, why? Why does it apply to this unknown, but not to a known player just because they have a name? I, I feel like they're they're setting themselves up for problems and they're and they're just shooting themselves in the foot with this response. Yeah, I think they had a really easy opportunity here to give some sort of, like, official warning 
or at least like a minor, you know, infraction. Do I think this should get him banned from tournaments for life? Probably not, personally. Um, but they could have done something, as you said, and at least shown that they are like a, a rule enforcing body. But with, with with this, it's just garbage, and it's all garbage um, until they until they put some teeth to it, as you said. Yeah, and the thing the. The thing that irks me the most is not even that it happened. Like, I'm not even talking about the fact that it happened. Like, that already is upsetting enough. But the fact that somebody now is uncomfortable going to tournaments if that person is going to be there. And Capcom did shit. So it's like... It, mm, that makes me so sad. I don't know. Like I said, if, if if you look at it and you say it's not a threat, I would disagree with you, but I would understand. And if that if that if that's what Capcom ended up doing then that's a different conversation. Right. But trying to play both sides of the fence just muddies the issue even further for when this is when this happens again because it will happen again. Yeah. And and much like I think I think what might have happened and this is again like just me trying to play devil's advocate here is I think they didn't think of a, a decision other than black and white lifetime ban or not. Like it could have been like a, either a slap on the wrist or a, hey, you're not allowed to attend one tournament or some shit like that, right? Just to put your fucking foot down. And like, I, I'm i sorry for like getting impassionate, but like shit like that really pisses me off. Uh, yeah. It's it's fucking dumb, man. I, I mean, I hope like if they're going to continue to want to be this governing body like this, that they do have some, you know, that they do make some some steps some have some guidance on this because we're all just kind of figuring out what's going on that we just want to know what's going on it, yep. it, so yeah but anyway i i do want to say one more thing before we leave uh og geek posted in the chat that he posted someone's business so he started it that's fine but as soon as you start escalating that shit towards like threats of physical violence and you can call it a threat or not like you can you can argue semantics Yes or no? To the uh, ultimately, like they know what they said and they know what they meant, and they're gonna have to. They're taking that to their grave, I guess. Uh, but as soon as it starts escalating towards a physical confrontation, that's where the problem starts, right? Not the beef, not like whatever came before. That that's to me where the problem begins. Like we're not gonna address all the other stuff because obviously, like that's between them. Well, the easiest way to avoid getting quote-unquote canceled for what you say that you don't want other people to see is to not say it in the first place so that's that's my advice if, if you're saying something and you think it's a really bad thing to say you shouldn't say it i don't disagree Art. i know <laughs> yeah be decent human beings fuck why is it so so hard uh speaking of being decent human beings or the lack thereof. Uh, let's keep going down this sad rabbit hole, why don't we? Can we just skip this one? Can we just be like, yeah, he denied it. Okay, Chris Bond denied allegations. <laughs> Whatever. Just, some shit's going down with that. I agree with Danko. We should... Unless one of y'all has something important to say about it. I, I, I don't. Know. You can read it. Just, just to clarify, uh, Chris Bond finally uh, made a more public statement after his uh, statement to Dexterro a couple weeks ago. Uh, he vigorously denies uh, the allegations of inappropriate touching made against him. Uh, he did release some text messages from a couple of the uh, alleged accusers, not all. Um, 
He, he did not address all the issues directly, uh, but according to him, he has legal representation now, so this is going to be a long, long story uh, that's going to stick with us for a while, so be ready for that. Yep. Uh, okay, shall we get to the good stuff? Please. Yes, let's let's do that. Let's do that. Okay, let's talk Mortal Kombat. Combat Pack finally got shown, and some I guess there, there's a curveball in there of what people thought was going to happen and what actually happened, and we got a trailer. Hooray. Uh, so let's just start off with the big one. Everybody thought uh, Ash Williams from Ash vs. Evil Dead was coming on here. Uh, and it looks like it's not that, but somebody else instead. Although, like, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I really like this trailer. Oh, I mean, it's a good trailer, and obviously, like, they've done a good job when we're complaining about not getting Ash Williams when he got the Terminator, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's still a great combat pack. For me, I love Ash Williams, and I love Evil Dead. It might be my favorite movie of all time, Evil Dead 2. And... That being said, Joker's still fine. People are complaining about how he looks. I think he looks fine. Arnold looks exactly like Arnold, and it's insane. It's really um, good. They managed to make six characters from, you know, basically four different worlds all completely fit into the game, and I think that's pretty cool. So there is the calendar. Um, so that will take us through to March, actually, uh, with releases. Yeah, and... So- Go ahead. I think no, you and you I are about, you I think you and I are about to say the same thing. Uh, if not, then I don't know what you're thinking. But uh, I know a lot of people are complaining about that release schedule, right? They're saying, oh, it's too spaced out for one combat pack. Why can't we have more things up front? After the whole debacle that we had with uh, NRS getting blown up for the excessive crunch time for their developers, I believe they did this thinking of that. Right. But I'm also very naive. In what I believe. <laughs> so I'd like to believe that NRS took into account that those complaints were happening and are actively trying to make their developers more comfortable by making this a more spread out schedule. Am which I wrong? Is ab- which is absolutely fine by me, whether or not that's the case. Um, I would much rather things come out late and good than on time and rushed. So whatever you need to do to get those characters out and get everything polished, take your time with that. Um, what I was going to say... Okay, so I don't know uh, what you're thinking. <laughs> no. Um, because Ash Williams was the character that was rumored to be uh, part of this combat pack in Joker's place. There was a pop-up in the game that that uh, came up... <clears throat> excuse me. And we have a screenshot of it. I don't know if you can see it from there. Uh, but it says that Shang Tsung... Nightwolf, Terminator, Ash Williams, Sindel, and Spawn will join the fight. Uh, that's a very funny way to say joke. So the big rumor right now is that once the leak got, uh, once the information got leaked, NetherRealm made a last-minute change, uh, swapping out Joker for Ash. Maybe he's coming later. Who knows? Uh, do you think that would be the right call or that was the right call if that's what happened? I can't imagine they switched it to not be the leak if five out of the six characters are the same, right? Like, it seems like that'd be a weird reason. 
I'm assuming if Ash was meant to be in the game, which it seems like he was, maybe there was some logistical issue with it. I don't know. I mean, that if they really changed it just to avoid being the same as the leak, I would say that's stupid. But I don't know. I mean, I'm sure if Ash wasn't some sort of huge IP issue, maybe he'll come in Combat Pack Season 2. Uh, maybe he'll never come, but... Who knows? I am. Uh, I don't think Joker is a horrible replacement or anything. No, absolutely not. But I do want to see something here. I'm going to zoom in and enhance. I want to see if there's any doctoring in this, and it doesn't look like there is. Uh, those pixels look. Uh, they look pretty standard. Just as, just as pixely as the ones next to it. Yep, they do now, look like pixels. It's. Do I think that announcing every character? until March is necessarily the best advertising idea. Maybe not because, you know, it does take away some excitement in the later months. At the same time, you certainly can't complain about it as an issue. It's exactly what we've been asking for as a scene for years. You know, people are sick of buying character passes where they don't know what characters are in it. Uh, People are sick of getting announcements of announcements and not knowing what's actually coming. And here you've been told. Will you maybe be less excited when they, you know, show Joker's trailer? I guess. But you were excited the first time, and it was fine. You've been excited now. You just won't get excited later. Yeah. Also, is this the first time time we've had a DC character in Mortal Kombat? Because I know we've had Scorpion and Sub-Zero and Injustice, but I don't think we've had it the other way around, right? Well, remember, there was that whole uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe game. Yes, but... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And I was going to say the big issue with that was Joker's fatality in that was really, really cool until, if you don't remember, he his fatality was he, he would pull a gun on on the person, shoot it, and it would be one of those ones that had the little sign that would roll out bang, and he'd start laughing, and as he's laughing, he reaches out to, reaches into his jacket, pulls out another gun, and shoots his opponent. Which I think was the sickest thing ever, but then they edited it out to keep to the T rating. So Yeah, and that's what I was going to mention. Uh, I think every DC character in that game, I could be wrong about this because I didn't play it much, but I think every DC character in that game, uh, at least on the hero side, had did not have fatalities. They had heroic brutalities instead. I'm not sure about the villains. The heroes were heroic brutalities, yeah. Yeah, so like... I think this is the first time we're seeing a DC character in, like, a true Mortal Kombat game. Not, like, the, you know, T-rating, trying Mortal Kombat game. Might be. Which I think is an exciting thing. Like, and I think, like, this is just me, like, making weird connections because my brain's weird. But uh, isn't there, like, a big Joker movie that's coming out soon? Yes, and it got a hard R rating, allegedly. Hard R rating. That's, that's, that's how they phrased it. It was phrased as hard on. <laughs> uh, but with that said, like, I think, is that like, have we seen anything from that movie? Because I haven't been looking, to be completely honest. Uh, I have not. Um, I was too scared of the hard on. <laughs> <laughs> I hate superhero movies. Hate away. Yeah, well, because oh, wow. like I like I haven't seen anything about it, so like it could be that that's what the Joker in the movie is gonna look like, and it could just be like I don't even know like if that's what he actually looks like if they're gonna get the same voice actor, who knows, who knows what's gonna happen. 
Uh, uh, d- in case you think I'm offic- I'm making this up, the headline from comicbook.com from five days ago, Joker movie gets an official hard R rating. So it's not just me trying to be funny. That's literally what they were going for. Dang. <laughs> Should have thought twice about that headline. But, uh, you know, yeah, you, at, at least, it, it, never mind. I'm not going to go there. All right. <laughs> What's next on the docket? We, we did actually uh, ask that as the question of the day. Oh, yeah. Bring it up, Steve. I got you. Uh, so let me – hold on. Don't bring me up yet. Okay. Uh, so while that's happening then, uh, I'm going to say hello okay, to our now chat. Bring me up. Okay. Goodbye, chat. I said hello. <laughs> uh, our question of the day. We asked you which character would you prefer to see in the combat pack, Joker or Ash Williams? 46% of you said Ash was the one you'd rather see. Uh, 15% preferred Joker. Nine wanted both. 30% of you are just haters. Just don't want either one of them. Uh, Joker sucked in both injustices. He throws some teeth. He's lame. And Ash Williams could potentially have a sawn-off shotgun for an arm. This is like an easy decision, and I don't understand why it's not 100%. Well, well, we have you know a, a good variety of uh, responses here. Uh, Fighting Super said Ashy Slashy, which is nickname from now on, uh, would absolutely re- would have absolutely renewed their interest in the game, and they can already play Joker in two other NRS games as it is. Don't know who NetherRealm made who at NetherRealm made the decision, but it's a bummer. Uh, but on the other side, you had. PR who said Joker has a movie on the way, an R-rated one of all things. Uh, they think Joker and other media outside the comic has been PG-13 restrained and not shown in his possible potential in a m- mature platform until now. He says let him loose. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how they go with it. Um, I hope they do take advantage of you know, not necessarily just giving them violence for violence sake but you know have some fun with the character we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see how that's gonna go yeah. uh, let me get back to is it. this gonna be the time where i finally bite the bullet and have to start watching ash versus evil dead because i've never seen it to just watch yeah watch evil dead 2 and watch army of darkness just just do it oh they're movies i thought they were i thought it was a tv series there well, probably is one i think of the movies okay well either way i'll put it on the docket for next time for me uh, but cool. Um, after Bloodsport. After Bloodsport. Yes, we still... So, I'm announcing this on the show because I'm holding myself to it. Steve has never seen Bloodsport. That's an atrocity, and we're going to fix that on Discord very soon. We're going we're gonna to watch Bloodsport together. You should watch it side-by-side side with Kickboxer. At the same time? That would be the sick. the scenes are exactly the same. That would be really sick. <laughs> Kickboxing Bloodsport. All at the same time. I love both those movies. <laughs> There's I, a lot I haven't seen. I need to rewatch Kickboxer though. It's been a while. But like the sad part is I used to work at a movie theater, two movie theaters. I could get movies for free if I wanted to. But that would require hey, going to I'm work to actually here. see them. So no. Dang. I, I can't do it. Um also who can do it is grown up Mike. Grown up Mike. Thirteen months in a row, thank you very much. Subbing for the return of Lord Donka. The return of Lord Donka. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. We're going to have movie nights in the discord soon. Cause we need to catch up on all this stuff. Uh, <laughs> somebody put the segue in the chat. 
Oh, man. Well, what's next on the docket? Uh, oh, uh, Bud Light Beer League is officially happening now. Uh, this is the first time we've seen Bud Light in a while, right? As far well, as, like, doing stuff? Unless you have that uh, picture of uh, Justin Wong saved to your folder, which, why wouldn't you? Of Justin in full shill mode. But uh, this was announced earlier this week. Uh, an online tournament series sponsored by Bud Light. Uh, it is called the Beer League. Uh, it is a tournament series for Tekken 7. It is ava- It is uh, open to residents of the U.S. and Canada. Uh, the winner at the end of the season will get an all-expenses-paid trip to, uh, to uh, the Tekken World Tour Finals and be entered in the last chance qualifier. So... Uh, nice chance to get something out of that. You do have to be 21 or over in order to enter. So, unfortunately, you youngsters out there, Shadow, sorry, can't do it. Hey, you dang kids with your under 21. I like this. This Okay, so, I mean, our last Bud Light experience was the, was the Bud Light All-Stars. Yep. Which, to this day, I don't think anyone knows exactly what that was. Nope. Um, we've they're, got a couple pictures of... Ryan uh, Ryan Ramirez in a Ferrari or whatever it was, but yeah. this is good. This is good. I like these. I think it's a really smart move. We've seen, you know, PG did tournaments like this. Various other places have done tournaments like this where you, you win a qualifier to a qualifier, which is about all you can do if you're not officially sponsored by the Tekken World Tour, by Street Fighter, you know, Capcom Pro Tour, etc., so I think this is the next best thing, and I think it's a good idea. Yeah, no, I can't hate on this. Yeah, absolutely, no, nothing to hate on. Absolutely, and it gives somebody the opportunity to go to Bangkok for the Tekken World yes, Tour Finals. Bangkok, okay. Thailand is where the finals will take place. Oh, thank God I got that one right. Man, uh, also somebody uh, Subway Wang in the chat is saying it starts tonight. That's the West Coast uh, qualifier. West Coast qualifier, yes. Dang, I gotta get out for here and sign up probably can't sign up anymore is texas west coast i guess in, in fighting games, uh, i believe it texas is west every sports league is decided differently so yeah oh and there's and there's uh there's the justin picture <laughs> i really need to figure out a way a b- easier way to switch I, I, i'm learning obs this is this is all new to me I really so I, i'll picture. get there people wow. yeah we're, we're making some changes either way that was enjoyable uh, Justin Wong always doing his thing. Good on him. Uh, my phone would turn on. There we are. Uh, cool. And let's get into some, I guess, good news. Maybe good news. Don't know. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Tekken YouTuber YouTube content creators are getting uh, demonetized. And among those names is uh, the nightmare that everyone's been having. Going by the name of Big Daddy Jende. Jende? Yeah. Big Daddy Jende. Uh, well, this is actually, the, the, you don't understand, Alon. This is actually horrible news because there's a huge conglomerate of players out there that have needed Big Daddy Jende's uploads to come out four milliseconds before Namco's. <laughs> and without that, they would not improve at the rate necessary for them to win the Tekken World Tour. Um, and so this has actually killed an entire group of Tekken players um, that that relied on him. So so shame on shame on YouTube, shame on Twitch, shame on whoever for for ruining Big Daddy Jende, who was just a simple man 
stealing other people's content and making money off of it. <laughs> True. Shame, shame, shame. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, un- unfortunately, it is not just Big Daddy Jende. I know uh, King J, a uh, very strong player from the UK, got hit up. A few other players got hit by this, too. Uh, Harada and Michael Martin, uh, not Michael Martin, Michael Murray, I apologize, uh, both came out and said that they weren't aware of exactly what was going on with that, so they were going to look into it. Um so uh, you got to take the good with the bad along with uh, this. So, yeah, Jende is demonetized, but so are a bunch of other people. Yeah, right? a lot of a lot of they'll uh... fix it. They'll figure it out. This is good that this finally happened. Mm-hmm. It really sucks because I know a few of the streamers who started off really small and have become a little bit bigger. And it's really hard when you go to the tournament to be uploading, you know, frames after you've done the match and it's really easy for some pirate to do the same thing and frankly no one loses by having to wait an extra 10 minutes you know or whatever it takes for them to upload the videos because they've started getting really really fast at it and in fact a lot of streamers lose really hard so this is good and i hope this continues to happen well here's the thing some you know some streamers have the ability to upload within 10 minutes right some you know it's not even uh about ability as much as it is their contract with twitch right you know there there's some who have to be twitch exclusive for a certain amount of time and when we were sponsored by twitch we were one of those uh streams so we could not like uh our episode i i know that someone re-upped our episode with uh uh, with yipes and got like thirty, forty thousand hits with that, which is unfortunate. But there wasn't a whole lot we could do. Um, but yeah, um, it is this overall a good thing if this also takes out uh, some legitimate content because that is a real issue. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, here's because, you go ahead. Go ahead, yeah, Steve. I was going to say there's this whole issue that hasn't been truly settled in the U.S. court yet about really owns tournament footage because obviously Big Daddy Jende, if he re-uploads BG Callisto's tournament, uh, Jende doesn't have the rights to that, but technically, neither does Callisto. It belongs as of right now to Bandai Namco, and if they decide to strike it down, there's nothing they can really do. So, that's still an issue that at some point will need to get settled in the system. Somebody is going to have to take that case and fight with it because every every time it's come up, it's there's sort of been a settlement that really hasn't settled anything in terms of uh, do the does tournament performance really transform the work? Yeah. Well, here's so I, I did a little bit of investigating, as I guess I am a real detective now, uh, and. There was one thing that coincided with all of this, and I think it makes sense, is that right around the time that this started happening, Tekken released all of the old Tekken OSTs on Spotify. So I think something in the YouTube algorithm is automatically flagging all of these channels that have Tekken in it, right? So it wasn't a, oh, we're demonetizing you because you're uploading somebody's footage, it was demonetizing because, hey, our automatic system noticed that this is also on Spotify, so therefore you're wrong and automatically taking it down. Right. I, mean, that's, that, I could that, be wrong that about could that. Be a, we, we don't know. 
That's the thing. We don't know. I could be very wrong about that. That's just those two things coincided, and that's what I'm thinking it is. But like I said, I'm open to being wrong and or corrected. And uh, we do have Ultra David in the chat. I don't know how much he wants to talk about this. Um, he's a tournament organizer slash don't get rights to Tekken by playing or streaming the game, which is as of right now, that's the there's there's always the argument that it's transformative. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that you know, in general, that a let's play is transformative. Uh, but that really hasn't been tested. Obviously, with tournament uh, footage, like stuff for the Tekken World Tour, um, DBFZ World Tour, CPT, and in, in terms of Capcom, that stuff Capcom licenses out. So um, it's really. Oh, I, 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 David, are you going to talk about this on uh, Ultra Chen tonight? If you are, he is. So uh, he'll, he, obviously this is much more his wheelhouse than mine. So uh, if you're interested in that, definitely uh, check out Ultra Chen after our show tonight. Yep. So at the end of the day, Big Daddy Namco, or Bamco, I guess, uh, has the say on whether we can play in their court or not. Uh, No pun intended. Sorry for adding to your uh, list of topics. (laughs) <laughs> now you've promised everybody that they're going to go <laughs> David's going to write an entire dissertation about it I'm kidding he's not but he's probably going to discuss it so go check out Ultra Chen after the show um, and do we have anything else to speak on speaking of uh, oh yeah we do uh, this is the announcement of announcements nobody expected this to happen but I think I speak for everybody when we say that this is for sure going to be changing the landscape of the fighting game community for the foreseeable future this is absolutely monumental uh they released a new trailer tonight today or maybe this week last week it was earlier this week for um at gamescom for one punch man uh there a new fighting game is coming out it is it was already announced but they did reveal uh some a special mode here uh (laughs) <laughs> and you see Saitama running to the battle. He is one punch man. He will defeat every enemy in one punch. But you can't pick him in in uh, the, the main story. Your job is to fight the character as someone else and hold him off long enough until Saitama gets there. And, uh, the better you perform, the faster he gets there. Which is a pretty funny thing. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see that. Um, hopefully it is a good game. They did, they did also have a 3v3, which, uh, uh, again, they just announced that at, uh, Gamescom this week. So, uh, definitely be on the lookout for that. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hyped for this game now just because of that. Do we know who's making this? Uh, it's Bandai Namco. It looks like a Bandai they're, Namco they're, Arena Fighter, yeah. They're releasing it. I don't know if they're... Are they publishing, publishing it? it? Yeah, let me double check. Oh, look, and it's I that... I always wonder, like, could they ever make one of these games as, like, a free-to-play online game and, like, get an actual scene for it? Because, I mean, obviously, like, no one is fooled by this anymore. None of these games become, you know competitive fighting games that show up at tournaments in large scale. You know, there'll be a small scene, but every one of these 
behind the back 3D fighters ends up sharing kind of the same fate as being mostly a you know a casual fighting game. Yeah, but Mike, so, don't you? I wonder. They don't probably care. That's not why they make them. I just wonder if it'll ever happen. Yeah, but Mike, don't you remember when Dragon Ball Fighters came out, where all of the Xenoverse players were getting pissed that it wasn't three dimensional, that two dimensional was worse. I do. I do remember that. <laughs> I quite enjoyed that. I, I mean, I loved. There was a couple that 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 closed the gap a little. There was Naruto GNT four which was actually quite a legitimate fighting game. Um, there was, you know, the Tenkaichi, the Budokai games were not a little closer. Tenkaichis weren't. They, they've gone a lot of levels, but they seem to be going further and further away from traditional fighting yeah, games as time I, goes on. I think I also remember, uh, maybe it's the Naruto game you're talking about that was part of that Wizard, Wizard World Gaming tour that they had alongside Tekken? No, that Tekken? wasn't GNT4. That okay. was like... One, one of the newer ones that's like a behind the back game. Naruto GNT four is like a pretty legitimate fighting game, like a regular. I would legitimate might be the wrong word. It's a pretty regular fighting game mm. with some goofy Naruto twists on it. Yeah, I, I I would say you know you you worry about a scene showing up for it if it's going to be big or not. I, I I always say this: there is a legitimate scene behind Shrek Slam with with full out tier list not, and I just always wonder if it'll happen it's not really a worry it's just like will one of these games finally be the IP that, that seals it probably not but funny if it did I mean I, you would imagine it would be something like a Dragon Ball Fighters. I, I do think that that is going to that game in terms of uh, interest is sort of the upper echelon right. as to what a game could develop out with a property outside of the fighting game scene Okay, so. now... But that's just me. Now, let's do a quick unofficial block grab. Which arena fighter... <laughs> which, grab. which arena fighter has the best possibility of inf- uh, infiltrating the FGC? I mean... It's more okay. a question, not a block grab. <laughs> I am still of the... I, I literally harp on this every week. I'm of the opinion... That the first fighting game with even a decent IP that does things right with good online and with good UI and with making it a game that you can play for free will really be on the right track to to becoming something that people try and getting people into the genre. And I think it'll be good for everybody. So, and I think that there is no IP famous enough to make a $60 PS3 behind-the-back game popular. Yep. I just don't think that exists. I don't think it could be Dragon Ball versus WWE versus the NFL. And while I would love to play it, um, I, I give just me don't... that game right this second. I'm gonna grab on that game for right sure. <laughs> I don't think I... it happened. Now, if there was an NFL fighting game in kind of like a you know Def Jam fight for New York style, I would play it all day every day. So, I mean, that would be my personal choice. All right, give me a team. Of Sean Taylor, uh, fucking Kid Boo, and uh, Cesaro. And I would destroy anybody. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I would destroy anybody with that squad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man, although, actually, now that I think about it, uh, isn't that Kill the Kill game still coming out soon? It, it's out. out. Is it out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Well, I guess it Yeah, didn't... that came out right before Evo. Okay. Well... I guess that ends that one. 
What would my, my my team in that game would be like Jay Cutler, Billy Gunn, and Piccolo. Big Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn, my favorite wrestler of all time. The, how in the world? <laughs> I may have asked this before, but how in the world do you go through life and look at all the wrestlers that have ever graced the even the people who were there? At the same time as Billy Gunn, <laughs> and you look at Billy Gunn and you say yes. How do you not? That is my guy. All you have to do is Google Billy Gunn and put up his like. I'm sure it's the first picture, and you'll know why. Actually, I think the first picture is like an old Billy Gunn picture now. But you know the one I'm talking about. I'm not sure I know which one you're talking about. Okay, wait. I'll post a link. Okay, no, all right. I don't know. He's, all right. He's, he's he's the best. Okay, I, I got my team then. I'm going to go Chris Hoven, who was the a defensive lineman for the Vikings back in, like, 2006. Yes. Okay. I'm going to go Doink the Clown. I like Doink. I'm going to go Fat Boo. Okay. Team Big Boys. <sighs> Team Big Boys. That's all I got. It was, it was either Doink or Rikishi. got to go with Rikishi. He will do it for the Rock. He will do it for the people. Yeah, that is true. Maybe I should have gone Rikishi. Oh well, too late to too late to take it. Billy Gun. I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm shook. I'm shook. I, I I need a moment. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is one of those times I have no idea what the fuck you're on about. But that's a good thing. Am or I maybe the only one thing. on here that actually watches wrestling with any sort of regularity right now? Yes, probably. Okay. I mean, like, if it's on the TV, I'll watch it, but I don't watch TV, so there's your answer. There you go. Yeah. But all right. Uh, is there anything else we should talk about before we decide to mosey on out of here? Um, as, I, as we mentioned earlier, I'll be on stream tomorrow. I'll probably be around uh, 2 o'clock Eastern, uh, mm-hmm. 11 a.m. Pacific. Um, I'm just going to go through, show you guys how I make my schedules. Um, it'll be it'll be chill. I'll hang out. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably get over uh, Billy Gunn. Uh, yeah, by then hopefully. Uh, so definitely check it out. It'll be on here. Yeah. Um, so we'll have fun. Steve's hopefully. Steve's sexy schedule making. Steve has all the deets you need. I will have all the deets you need. All the deets. All the deets. Tune in tomorrow. Uh, what was it? It was one p.m. Central. You said around that time. Uh. It will probably be like two Eastern, one Central. Okay, two Eastern, one Central, eight Pacific, or whatever the actual ter- time in Pacific is, because I can't math in my head right now. Uh, and stay tuned to the Discord. We, I'm not even joking. We are going to have a night where we watch Bloodsport and Kickboxer now. Maybe we'll watch them both at the exact same time. I'm willing to make it happen. That would be kind of difficult. Uh, but for now, uh, we have been Best of Five. This has... Whoop. This has been Steve Ace King Offsuit Jerk. Uh, I forgot what else Efren used to say. So you write for something, do something. Twitter. You write for Twitter. I write for Twitter. You write for Twitter, and you make sexy schedules. Uh, and all the way over there in his triumphant return today after being away in Germany for a while and enjoying himself uh, is Michael Donka Schiller, uh, fighting game expert extraordinaire helping us keep the show going uh and this has been best of five so thanks everybody for joining in we'll be back next week for more stuff 
Tune in tomorrow to Steve's thing. Tune into the Discord for movie stuff. And uh, we will catch all of y'all in the next one. Good night, Canada. I forgot to hit the go button. There we go.